You're listening to Minutia Men. But first, take a listen to this other fine Opi show. Join us for a very special edition of And Friends. That's right. It's a Thanksgiving Thanksgavaganza. It's And Friendsgiving. Woo! And as we know, Tommy is usually very picky with his food. I don't eat most things. But we found out something very thankful that he eats this episode. I will be sharing my special Thanksgiving recipe I've curated over 20 years. All that and more on And Friends. It's alive! An Opie show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's episode of Minutia Men. What causes a Chinese mother to have a heart attack? Mannequin sex trafficking. My brush with columnist Robert Novak. Our celebrity interview with author Bill Page. That's all on this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. An OPI show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radio Misfits. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Hey, hey. After a... Uh, what was eight. that? You like that? What was that little tone? That was my little way of saying, hello. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I have a new computer. You talk in chimes. I, I do. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, after a, a lengthy week off, yeah, absolutely, we return with a brand new episode of Minutia Men. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. As a partner, you're you take a little too many vacation days, my friend. <laughs> uh, Speaking of that, uh, we won't be on next week <laughs> right. because I will be in London. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and you went to some big anniversary. You tell me about. Well, all right. Uh, so this past happened. weekend was my. 28th anniversary and Bridget and I make a point of going somewhere every year for Mm -hmm. our anniversary uh, just because you know we love to travel and we love to eat and drink Mm -hmm. and you know things that people do and we love being away from the kids right um, and this weekend, we and went... you love being with each other. Yes, didn't I say that already? I thought that was the first thing. <laughs> I thought that was the first thing I said. Oh, yeah, man, but that's fine. You're a busy guy. Busy guy. Um, yikes! All right, hey Tony, can you please edit that to the beginning of that? Um, that's gonna be the next promo. It's gonna yeah. be on every other show. So, um, you know, we went to Charleston, South Carolina. I've which never is, been to. I have never been to South Carolina. I looked at the weather forecast. It said it was supposed to be seventy degrees. Mm-hmm. It's been crappy here in Chicago, and I thought, you know, let's get the hell out of here. And it turned out it was crappy there. Really? So we just had a bad weekend in terms of weather. But uh, I got to see our old buddy Brent Peterson, who oh, lives there. Oh, I didn't know you did. Okay. He uh, uh, has. He actually hosts a podcast on this network on the Radio Misfits. Uh, it's called. Destination Eat Drink. Yes. And uh, we did a walking eating tour together with Brent. We had a great time. Uh, I will say this. South Carolina has, I want to say they have a whole different view of American history (laughs) than we do up here. Okay. For instance. Be careful. We have listeners from South Carolina. I know. You know, I'm sure they're not like this. (laughs) Okay. But we went to Fort Sumter. Sure. Civil War. Is where Civil War started. 
And their description of how the Civil War started was a little bit different than the way you or I would hear. You know, they had no choice but to start that war because they had seceded from the Union, and there was a fort there that had a, an American flag. So you had to well, shoot at it. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you can't just leave it there. You got to lob cannonballs their way. You had, you had no, no choice but to start a war that killed... What eight hundred thousand people? Yeah. It was the worst war in American history. And if you if you look inside the little museum, they have quotes, you know, from all the people from that era, and the quotes that chose from Abraham Lincoln were quotes of Abraham Lincoln saying stuff bad stuff about Negroes. Really? Which is you know not exactly what uh, Abraham Lincoln is known for. <laughs> Right. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little out of context, huh? Yeah. Uh, you know, in, 19, in 1832, he said this. So, you know, we were just right. the same. Right. He was racist. We were racist. We're all racist. <laughs> right. They sure like to dance. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, okay. you know, that was kind of jarring. Yeah. Did you see Lindsey Graham? I did not see Lindsey Graham. My, okay. good, my good friend Lindsey uh, Graham. No. You, you didn't see Dave Priest. He's, in, he, he's Myrtle Beach. Oh, no. We didn't go to Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no. No. We well, did not. we've got another show coming up. Um, we've been teasing that a new show is coming up. The show is called Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. You know the interviews that we do on our regular podcast? Uh, it's been spun off into its own series because people love those interviews. Right. And we're thinking that maybe they don't love us that much, <laughs> but they love the celebrities. So let's uh, let's I, cut I, the riffraff. This might be the first step of us getting bounced out, don't you think? I, I'm kind of reading it <laughs> the same way you're reading it, but that's okay. Yeah, right. It's okay. Not you know, okay. I don't mind just doing the interviews. This, no. uh, you know. No. So this show debuts on this network next week. Uh-huh. It's an Opie show. It's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It debuts the week of Thanksgiving, and we've got some big-time celebrities and some little-time celebrities. That we make big. Yes. So uh, if you like our interviews, check it out. This week on Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview, we talk with... Field of Dreams actor... Bro, he, he was John Kinsella. I know. Yeah, you don't want to miss it because <laughs> anyone who loves that movie is going to want to hear Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, an Opie show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Speaking of interviews, we got a great one today, too. We do. Coming up later in the show, we've got Bill Page. Yes. Uh, one of our authors, great guy, a great writer. If you like rock and roll music. Oh, my God. He's, he's he gonna... has interviewed every rock and roll person. In fact, his book is called... Uh, Everything I Know I Learned from Rock Stars. Which kind of says it all. Right. He's got Daltrey in there. He's got Queen. He's got Dwight Twilley. <laughs> it's true. He's got that. Remember the uh, local Chicago band Shoes? Yes, Shoes is they're in, in there. They're in there, the Elvis right. Brothers. Right. And there's a couple in there that I had not heard of, but they're great interviews. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did yes. Bridget give you that guitar for your for your birthday? I see a oh, you like that. I see a fancy schmancy <laughs> guitar. Tell me about this. Okay, so this I I won this in an auction at uh, I went to my nephew Joey. He's one of my godchildren. Mm-hmm. He invited us to his uh, charity fundraiser for his school, and this is in Glen Ellen, Illinois. So this is not like the charity fundraisers that you or I would go to. I mean, they it's were a little. Fancy schmancy. Yeah. Okay. They were raising, you know, 30,000 here, 30,000 there. And one of the prizes that they had was a Jim Peterick package. 
Jim Peterick from Ides of March and who will Survivor. Be, who will be a guest on Munusham and Celebrity Interview. Thanks to this guitar. Okay. So this is how I got him booked. We're going to do it live at the Museum of Broadcasting. Then he's going to bring his guitar, and he and I are going to jam. Because <laughs> I've been working on this guitar. I'm learning chords. Really? Yeah. Can you play something for me right well, now? I don't have an amp. So we, we can put a microphone near it. We'll have an amp at the, uh, okay. At the show. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll All plug right. it in. Yeah. You no. can't play anything, can you? No, I can. Okay. I, I learned how to play E minor chord, A minor chord, F chord, a G chord, and C chord. Well, you only need three for rock, right? <laughs> well, I need all of those for Eye of the Tiger, which Ooh. is the first song I learned. Oh, okay. So Jim Peter, by the way, is the man who wrote Eye of the Tiger. He was in Survivor. I think that song did pretty good. I think it did fairly well. And if you don't know this about Jim, you're going to find it out on our show, Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview. But he wrote lots of other songs for lots of other bands that you know. Great classic rock song. And a good guy, too. And he's a super nice guy. And he lives right here in Burr Ridge or something. And, and I was trying to get him on this show for months, mm -hmm. but he had a problem with our description of the show, which is a show about nothing. Right. Uh, we have discussed nothing of importance. And he didn't like being associated <laughs> with that. You know what? Point taken. <laughs> but now that I have his guitar, it's changed everything. Uh, so I think we get we got a lot going. Let's uh, let's let's uh, light this candle, can we? Okay, uh, here we go. You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes, and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. Uh, this story comes out of New Zealand. Have we ever done a story from New Zealand? I think we have. Have we? Yeah. Headline: Chinese mother almost dies from heart attack when her son couldn't do a math problem. <laughs> Do we need to know anything else about that story? <laughs> a mother from China had a brush with death when her shock at her son's inability to solve a math problem led her to having a heart attack. Wang, oh a 36-year-old uh, mother, was helping her primary school-age son. Primary school-age okay. son. So what is that? Seven? Well, it could be anything uh, oh, I up, guess. To, up to uh, like, 12 or whatever. Yeah. Um, with his homework, when she became enraged at having to repeatedly, pre repeatedly explain the math question <laughs> oh to him. Oh, my God. Wang told reporters, I explained it to him many times, but he still couldn't get it. I got so angry that you I could carry the two. <laughs> right. Suddenly, my heart was palpitating and I couldn't breathe properly. Um, this will never happen in my house, Rick. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times my kids have asked me for help with their math. Yeah. And I just look at the problem, pretend that I do it, give them an answer. And then they just... Uh, and you're a math guy. Yeah. yeah. I stopped really being able to help them with math at around fifth grade. I yeah, think. same with me. Yeah, my, right. my kids used to come to me and uh, present me with math problems. Yeah, and I'd say, right. the answer's right. seven. Well, answer's seven. Yeah, right, right. 32X. Yeah. Uh, and I... Well, I have a... Julia, one of my youngest, about, I don't know, about a year ago, she needed help, needed help. I looked at it. I made... You know, I helped her with it yeah she got them all wrong and she has never asked me again for help <laughs> you know how about the guilt trip that this mother is gonna lay on her son for the rest <laughs> yeah, of his life right you get a c you don't know what'll right. happen to my ticker yeah i, I mean uh a heart attack mm -hmm. you know it, it, this is an asian mother right yes yeah. wang i'm just guessing <laughs> i don't want to crack that code yeah. pretty good yeah um but you know this, a jewish mother 
with the guilt trip oh, thing. Oh, yeah, right. Sure. You know, it's like, I would have been fine, you know, but you never come and visit. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. You can't yeah, you can't uh, differentiate that equation, Billy yeah. or Moisha. My mother would have a heart attack if I'm not punctual. Yeah. You're so three minutes late. that's the German thing. Well, you know? as your family probably, uh, if I was five minutes late, my mother was on the phone ordering flowers for my funeral right. <laughs> when i and, and i'm going to funeral tonight said oh. story i don't want to get into it yeah. but picking up my mom uh i will be picking her up and she will be standing on her front porch <laughs> waiting, waiting for, for me right. even if i'm there at precisely the time i say i'm gonna be which i always am yeah my mom we were we arrived 15 minutes early for absolutely everything yeah right well my mom would say you know Hey, you know, uh, uh, the World War II was terrible in Germany, but the trains always ran on time. <laughs> All right. I have uh, some minutiae to share with you. Um, this is a story about mannequins. Okay. Uh, Mont Har- Oh, you know what? Actually, it takes place in Florida, so I believe we have a, uh, a jingle for that. Did Dave really find another story about Nazis? Okay, that's, okay, that's not the right one. Good for you. <laughs> Aren't aren't these files labeled? Uh, yeah, that one is labeled Florida. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> you got a new computer, right? You know, whatever. All right, here's the story. Mont Hardcastle is used to seeing interesting things in his line of work. He's the manager of Marty Birdie's Bar and Grill in the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake of the Ozarks? That's not Florida. No, it's Missouri. It says Florida on this thing. Saturday night, Hardcastle saw something new across the street. It was suspicious to me in the way he was acting, running around in front of the boutique, yelling and screaming and banging on windows. The boutique, My Dream Angels, is an adult store, right? Mm -hmm. It has several displays in it windows, including mannequins wearing different styles of lingerie. Mm -hmm. He said the mannequins were telling him they needed to be let out and saved from sexual slavery. Oh, so this was a uh, a rescue. It was a rescue of the mannequins. Okay. Now the guy's obviously crazy. Uh, you know, uh, was having and we wish him well. Yeah, yeah, and I hope he gets all the right. mental help he needs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah 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 <laughs> blah. But I will say this: we, you know, mentioned I was in South Carolina this yeah. past week, and there was a uh, there's a big marketplace in the in the main section of South Carolina, and you walk. In Charleston, you okay. walk up and down, and there are clothes, and there are you know jewelry and slave all traders, stuff, you know, right? slave slaves, traders. And, yeah. right? And and at one Look point, at the teeth on this one. At one point, I walked uh, past, not paying attention as I do, yeah. and my elbow glanced up, yeah. and I, f- it felt like I had uh, brushed against a woman's chest. Okay, okay, and I was. Yeah, you mortified. Know, right. Mortified. Right, yeah, of course. And so I turned over real quick and uh, knocked this mannequin oh. over. It was a mannequin. And as it fell, it fell towards me, and I grabbed it <laughs> By with the... my two hands, right. and it landed right in ah, my, nice. you know, right. and Did I it... put it back up. Right. Did it arouse it... you? Well, let me just say <laughs> that... I don't think it's necessary to put nipples on mannequins. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. But in this case, there were nipples it was a full, on there. It was a full and, and I was a little aroused. I was a little right. aroused. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. If I'm at a Target or something and I see a mannequin that is well-developed, yeah. I mean, I don't 
get that aroused, but I'm not. I'm not opposed to checking it out if you know what I mean, right? So my apologies to the people of Charleston. You know, here I am besmirching them, and here I'm grabbing mannequin boobs. So my apologies to you, Charleston. Uh, well, all right, it's time we take a little break. Okay. All right, we'll be back right after this. I'm Howard Sudbury. Good for you. Oh, and I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next Back to You, we're going to talk about the holidays. We're going to talk about snoring on airplanes. We're going to find out what precipitation pie is. Persimmon. You just spoiled it. I mean, it is absolutely riveting. My goodness. That's on the next Back to You with... With a lot of luck, the Steve Baskerville. (laughs) And I'm Howard Sudbury. Back to You with Howard Sudbury... And Steve Baskerville. Back to you, an Opie show, only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead, it just moved a better place. Radiomisfits.com. If you missed the Los Ano, Los Ano, or La, Los, Los Ano and friends, here's what you missed. 140 frozen turkeys were stolen from an <laughs> Illinois market. Uh, I can't imagine stealing $2,000 worth of frozen turkeys. Maybe it's like the Thanksgiving Robin Hood. He's stealing <laughs> He's the turkeys stealing to, to give to the turkeys. It's, it's hard right. enough to handle one frozen turkey. <laughs> right. Here's the Thanksgiving. Let's give Jesse White a plug right here. Oh, yeah. Our oh, guy. He, most people I bet in this room don't know this. Of all the different things about him we don't know. Yeah. He will have collected... And delivered 10,000 turkeys. Yeah. By Thanksgiving. Yeah. Maybe and personally directed all himself. He, personally directed all. He'll be, he'll start at five in the morning yeah. and end at 10 at night. And it's he's crazy. done it for 25 years. I had him on my old TV show very early on. And, went, and we had him with the Jesse White Tumblers. And I watched him. He set everything out, out, up with the, the kids. Mm-hmm. He is always hands-on. He's always there. I find him to be a, an amazing, amazing. man. And very one. lively. While talking, Jesse White called. <laughs> and he did. I showed you. Yeah. He was calling. I said, should I take it? <laughs> and so he just said that it's 50 years, 15,000 turkey snaps. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. And then he called just to make yeah. sure. I said, I can't talk. I'm on the radio. <laughs> radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called. And we're back. What'd you do during break? I played my guitar. You heard me play the uh, A minor chord. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, great. Thank you. So uh, let's see. What are, what are we doing here? We have more on uh, the show. Uh, celebrity, the... Uh... Okay. Let's play this clip and hope that I have labeled it correctly. Here we go. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. You know, I just had a vision of you being an air traffic controller. <laughs> I have other good qualities. <laughs> this is just not one of them. <laughs> uh, this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of that celebrity. Now, last week, before I left for Charleston, you pulled out a name. Do you remember who it was? Uh, Robert Novak. Robert Conservative Novak. Conservative commentator. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. On Cro- Was it 
CNN or yeah, Crossfire. Was on Crossfire, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. on CNN. He was a curmudgeon. You're right. Right? Mm-hmm. He also was a uh, Chicago Sun-Times writer and was a, uh, a University of Illinois graduate. Okay. And I was invited back to uh, some big University of Illinois thing like 10 years ago. They were doing an Illini Media Hall of Fame. Oh. Right? You probably were not invited. I don't think I was. No, yeah. you weren't. How, how uh, was I was. Dane and I went. Dane Plackle and I. This went. is the first I'm hearing that I was not invited <laughs> to the Hall of Fame. I wasn't inducted in there, but I, I attended. What? Why yeah. was I not invited? Uh, I think they only went with the creme de la creme. You were on. You were Dane's plus one, right? I might have been. <laughs> okay, been. but anyway. Yeah. So I went down there to Champagne and enjoyed it, and was sitting at a table, and I was sitting right next to Robert Novak's table. And I couldn't stand his commentary. I mean, he was just a right, right wing curmudgeon, yeah, 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 and yeah. you know, right wing, and right. Uh, you know, he just he looked like an angry guy yeah. all the time. And I thought, well, you know, now that I'm in a place where I can meet him and right. talk to him, and I'm, I'm sure. your I'm your peer, right? And and you know, it's a Hall of Fame right. event. No one's going to. Everyone's be, wearing suits. Right. It's really nice. Free booze. I'm really nice. Right. You know, people love me. I'm I'm a very uh, nice person. Delightful, people will say. Uh, yes, exactly. So I thought I'd go up and say hello to him. Yeah. And I, I went up and I introduced myself. And he looked at me. And he <laughs> said, uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> then yeah. uh, the MC of the event, who is uh, John Hansen, who who's at uh, Channel 26 right, here okay. in Chicago right. now. He's a young kid. At, He's like at 40, that time, right? he was the head of... Uh, WPGU, our station, and he was the MC, and he was treating it kind of like a roast, and he was introducing each of these people, and he was saying some really cutting jokes about Robert Novak, who looked like he was not amused by it, (laughs) and then it became time for him to go up and give his speech, so he went up and gave his speech, and let me just tell you if, if this doesn't describe what kind of a person he was, nothing will. His entire speech was uh, about how pissed off he was in 1953 <laughs> that he was not given the sports director job at the Daily Oh, Illini. my God. Right. And he named names, <laughs> and he was just, like, bitter and angry and yelling. And he's like, and then... Who had more? Who had more uh, experience than me? I had covered the football team. I had, and and then you know Joe Schmo gets the job. What is wrong with you people? Right, and he's a and Novak is a nationally recognized yeah. superstar in the media. And right. this was fifty years after it happened. It was fifty years. Is he still alive? No, okay. he passed away. But he was an angry man. He was an angry, angry man. And if you could be angry to, in a presence of a delightful Rick Kemper, then you are a jag, right? He wasn't terrible to me, but he certainly was well, not nice. Right, right. You know what? Not saying, hey, how, not being nice to you when you're saying hello. Yes. He's a dick. Yeah, he was a dick. All right. New name for next week. And and actually, we're talking about two weeks, right? Because next week, next week is Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't even know who this person is, if I'm reading it correctly. Lou Christie? Uh, Lou Chris- you don't know who Lou Christie is? No, I don't think so. You ever heard the song, Lightning Strikes? Oh, sing it. Listen to me, baby. You got to understand. Get the, get, the strike pick up the is guitar. going pick on. Up the guitar really picking off the fans. Uh, no. You never heard that? I may have, but you're not doing it I justice. only know it because I had to write a parody 
to that song about the baseball strike. Um, it's okay. called uh, Lightning Strikes. He okay. had another one called Rhapsody in the Rain. And plus, I worked at the oldie station, and that, that's how I met. Oh, I can't tell the yeah, story stop now. Stop it. Stop right. it. Stop it. Tease. Well, let me give it to you. There is a sexual angle to this story. Does it involve a mannequin? I'm not going to tell you anymore. Okay. That's all That's all you get to know right now. Uh, our light's blinking, my friend. All right. Let's let's uh, let's find a, see if I can find the, uh, uh, the clip. Uh, here it is. Let's bring on our guest. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. All right, Dave. This is, this is exciting. This is our first time we've ever had someone who's uh, on the line from Thailand. Yeah, I believe all the... Oh, yeah, the Asian. All the interviews we've done have been either America or Europe. Right. We're now branching off into Asia. Yeah. Next is going to be Africa. Uh, but we have uh, with us right now author extraordinaire Bill Page. Bill is the author of Everything I Learned. I learned from rock no. stars. Everything I, everything I know everything I learned from Everything I know right. I learned from right. rock stars. Right. We published the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's the one I always get that wrong I, every yeah. time I try to do it. But You're it's, supposed to have it tattooed on your arm. Yeah, no, I should. You're right. It's it's actually one of my favorite books that we've published. Yeah, but, uh, Bill, does Simon & Schuster <laughs> know the names of every book they publish? <laughs> I think Simon & Schuster are both dead. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I met Bill like 30 30 years ago when I was Steve Dallagheri Myers producer and he was working at Playboy magazine at that time. He was a, uh, the publicist there and he would bring in the, uh, you know, the girls of the big 10 or the, I remember one time, uh, Bill, you brought in a couple of twins that were from Norway or something or Sweden. Does that, the, you know, the Barbie twins. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. They were- were big they were big sort of hollywood wannabe supermodels uh very enhanced <laughs> for the day you know uh you know but not not just where you would expect but they i think they were pioneers in the collagen and the lips and all that mm. stuff so they were they were a bit of cartoon characters but they were you know they were fun and uh, and you know they were good copy Yes, yes, they were. Uh, and speaking of good copy, your book um, is is extraordinary. And when you when it first came out, and you were here in Chicago promoting it, I thought you had one of the most brilliant um, uh, promotional tricks. You had a book that you checked out as a kid in Arlington Heights, <laughs> Illinois, <laughs> that you right. had kept for thirty some years. No, it was, it was an album. It was an, it was album. an album. That's right. That's yeah, even better. A record album by Harry by Harry Parch. And I would still recommend anybody check out the music of Harry Parch. He was a guy who built his own crazy instruments and composed his own music in, in its own signatures and own sort of tablature. And uh, if uh, anybody wants to Google Harry Parch, they can find a, out a lot about him. And his, his gigantic instruments that he built are on display at some university on the East Coast. I can't remember right off the top of my head where. But, uh, yeah, I had that album in my collection for 30 years and, uh, and just decided to uh, go ahead and, and uh, return it to the library and see if I could get a little, uh, little publicity on it. 
And it worked. It was in the Daily Herald. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, local man returns album after 30-some years. Uh, but, you know, the, the brilliance of it was, uh, here it was a uh, an album talking right. about music, and your book is about music. And, and it really, you really tell some great stories. Tell us a little bit about what made you decide to write the book in the first place. Well, what made me become a writer in the first place was the, the fact that when I got out of college in 1976, uh, I really was, you know, I've always been a radio freak, and I talk about that in the book, because the first story I ever wrote yeah. was a review of Larry Lujak's autobiography, right. Super Jock, and uh, I was always a big fan of radio, and I really wanted to be in radio desperately uh, in Chicago, but... It was the third major media market in the country, and I was a green kid out of college, and frankly, nobody was interested and nobody would hire me, and it was the days when you still had to have kind of a yeah. jock voice. Yeah. 22 and, minutes after 6 o'clock. And, really and I really didn't have that. So uh, instead, uh, Ken Voss at the Illinois Entertainer, a long-standing local music entertainment publication, uh, had been receiving my uh, uh, newsletters that I was writing for A&M Records because I was a college rep for A&M Records uh, at the time. And uh, he said, you got a pretty good, you know, pretty nice style. Would you like to try writing something for the entertainer? And Would I? A cop <laughs> Would I? And, he, and, uh, and, and he sent me a copy of the Larry Lujak book, a pre, uh, pre-publication copy, and uh, we were off to the races. So, and then all I really knew to, to write about was music because I was a, a music fan and, uh, and uh, kind of a music junkie already uh, from uh, nine, ten years old. And uh, I just started writing record reviews and eventually getting sent out to interview uh, artists and performers and who were passing through town. And uh, it just evolved over uh, over the course of a number of years that way. Yeah. It, and what I loved, I've, the book has definitely a Chicago, you know, it's, it's centric, you know, college centric or a Chicago, absolutely um, Aragon ballroom. Or we called it when we were kids the Aragon Brawl Room. Uh, the Brawl Room. Yeah. Well, you know, my my parents didn't call it that because they used to go dancing. <laughs> right. There, exactly. You know, and, uh, so, but well, I mean, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I was in. Uh, I was in line. I think we were going to go see Rush, and there was a parking garage across the street on Argyle or Lawrence. No, Argyle. Was it Argyle? Yeah, I think Argyle. No, Lawrence. It was Lawrence. Okay. Oh, Lawrence. And. There was a parking garage, and two guys were fighting on the top of the parking garage, and one of them almost fell over the the <laughs> railing of the park. And we're all cheering, you know, uh, uh, for the guy that was losing. Yeah, basically. great, fantastic. But any great memory, think, any great memories of Aragon ballroom shows that you uh, can think of? I think you could have seen people fighting on the roof of that parking garage pretty much any weekend. <laughs> right. but, yeah, I was uh, only there during the rush guy. <laughs> Well, I you know I've been to I've been to the Aragon a bunch of times and seen a bunch of uh, a bunch of very cool shows there, but probably the most one of the most memorable and 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 it's in the book is uh, there was a, a young band out of California that was coming to Chicago on its first tour as a as an opening act, 
and uh, and I got to interview uh, Eddie Van Halen oh. and uh, and his brother and David Lee Roth and Michael Anthony all all, all clustered together on two little twin beds in a Holiday Inn uh, hotel room. And uh, nobody had really, you know, nobody really knew about Van Halen yet because their album had only been out uh, about four weeks at the time. And they had never left California before. I think this was their second or third show outside of uh, outside of California. So getting to see a young band like that, which is a lot of what the book is about, uh, is kind of interesting because you talk to them and you see, you know, and then. 20 years, 30 years, whatever later, you see the trajectory and you kind of kind of get a little chuckle out of out of uh, their hubris at the time. Yeah, because David Lee Roth basically was the same exact character that he was throughout <laughs> his career. And he said, you know, nobody needs another record, another rock record besides the first Van Halen record. It is the, you know, the ne plus ultra of rock records. And, uh, you know, it's a great record. Jamie's crying and yeah. and all kinds of all kinds of great hits on that record. But uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, maybe the other another show, another show that I kind of maybe kicked myself about was uh, I went to see Granddaddy. Uh, they were opening for uh, uh, Coldplay, hmm. but I was a, a Granddaddy fan. You know, nobody knows who Granddaddy is anymore, probably. But uh, and then Coldplay came on, and you know, they played a song, and then they played another one, and then they played Yellow, and I was like, okay, I've heard, I've heard Coldplay, done, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I left. So, but, you know, you know. Uh, yeah. I hung out in the balcony there a, a lot of nights, and we we saw some great, great, great music there. You know, uh, I think I still have uh, I left my hearing at, at a Van Halen show back in 1978 or so. I, I still hear the little ringing sound because they were the loudest band I ever saw. I can't even uh, imagine how loud they were at the Aragon, at the Aragon Ballroom. I can't even imagine it. I, you know, fortunately, I'm, you know, 65 years old and I have very, very little hearing loss, okay. uh, just a, a little bit off the top end. And it's amazing. I've seen, you know, I've seen probably, I don't know, I've tried to count it up. I, I estimate between three and four thousand, you know, Jeez. shows in my lifetime. And it's amazing that I haven't lost more of my hearing, but I almost lost, almost left my hearing in uh uh, Columbus, Ohio, when I was working for A&M and I was touring with uh, uh, Nazareth. Oh. They, were op- they, were, they, were op- they were opening for Deep Purple. Now you're messing I- with a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched Nazareth and Deep Purple from a, a place on the stage that was pretty much right in front of one of the main oh. speaker banks. Oh, my God. <laughs> And uh, I did not think I would be the same after that, but fortunately, no, no real permanent damage from that. You know, um, the, one of the things I like most about your book is, you know, I've met uh, a lot of the people that are in your book just from my radio career, but there are some that I've never met, and those are the stories that I gravitate towards. For instance, uh, I just saw Jeff Lynn ELO perform here uh, in Chicago not too long ago. And Out of the Blue is one of my favorite albums. And in your book, you have an interview with Jeff Lynn. I think it was like 1978. And I always thought of him as like a guy that would be impossible to interview. 
Is that true? Uh, no, I mean, it was, I actually did, that was one of the rare th interviews that I did with uh, another, uh, another rock journalist, uh, my friend Bruce Meyer. We both got flown down to Atlanta to see one of the opening dates. I don't think it was the first date, but it was maybe the second or third date of when ELO premiered its big spaceship yeah. uh, set. and. And uh, and we sat in the back of a limousine backstage at the venue for, uh, you know, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour or something like that. And uh, he and Bev Bevan were pretty easy to talk to. And if you read the interview, you know, he was quite self-deprecating about his uh, songwriting talents. Uh, and even at that time, he had written a bunch of great you know, giant hits for, uh, for ELO. So, uh, I thought he was pretty, you know, thought he was pretty modest. And if there was a difficulty at all in speaking to him, it was because he was sort of, you know, reluctant and, and just modest about yeah. the whole thing. He's, he's one of those guys that has father issues. If I remember correctly, that, you know, that he would, um, uh, he had all these great hits and everything, and, and yet his father would be like, mm, that one's not so good. You know, <laughs> you ever think of writing one that, uh, you know, a little more peppy, a good, has a good melody? Yeah, has yeah. that ever occurred to you? Right. And this Mr. Blue Sky, yeah, is, I, is Mr. Uh, Blue Sky married? Yeah, What's going It's Tell me the story. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, in a, I'm, in a, I'm in a little band here in Thailand, and I've been going back and forth with uh, the, the other guitar player in the band the last couple of days because he, he came across Living Thing uh, by ELO. Oh, and he, he, wants us, he wants us to take a, take a crack at uh, that. Mm. So next, next week when we rehearse, we might uh, launch into Living Thing and see if we can make something with that. You know, that song has only been, has only been covered by uh, two, ma you know, two major artists. You know, usually when you go online and you... You, you look for a song, you could see a million covers done by a bunch of people. And I was, I was struck that, that there's only like two covers. One's by Matthew Sweet. It's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, so that was sort of unusual. Yeah. You know, another great uh, band that you have in your book, Queen. Uh, you interviewed the entire band, right? Was it? Were you? Was it the entire band that you were with? Well, again, that you know, that again, that was another uh, a pool cluster another pool sort of a situation where a bunch of uh, journalists about 20 i think were flown to uh new orleans for the opening of their jazz tour uh when that album came out with bicycle race and oh, fat bottom man. girls and uh yeah we all sat around in brennan's which is a very famous uh new orleans uh eatery and uh you know shouted questions at a very uh a very hungover, probably not slept queen because they played the night before. And there was a big decadent party, which was in the movie, uh, briefly, where there were, you know, unicyclists and uh, barely oh, yeah. dressed women and uh, fire eaters and uh, an amazing buffet. And yeah, that was uh, that was. Uh, a, an, an amazing junket when uh, junkets were still sort of uh, permitted and not completely frowned upon in the uh, entertainment reporting world. And what I a great now, place to have it too, New Orleans. Uh, I mean, of all the yeah, places. So it's, it sounds you like know, you I never. Think now everybody, uh, everybody's got to buy their own ticket and be responsible for their own expenses. They can't take any any sort of uh, 
you know, gift from the record company or, or payola, if you will. And, uh, you know, it was uh, a little looser time back then. Yeah, it's you had the greatest job on earth. <laughs> it was amazing. Did you get paid for this? This is crazy. <laughs> Not much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, and that, and that's the long answer to why did you write the book? Yeah. Because I didn't get paid very much for any of these pieces. Yeah. At the time, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, I, you know, between thirty-five and fifty dollars was maybe wow. the going rate for a, a, a thousand-word. Uh, profile or, or uh, you know, uh, of a band, and so uh, I thought, well, you know, I've 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 done all the work. I've talked to these people. It's pretty impressive. Uh, I, I cut the list down from eighty uh, interviews that I thought were worthwhile to fifty for the book, and uh, you know, that was. I said, well, this will be an evergreen thing. It's a piece of history, yep. and uh, if I, you know. It's not going to make. It's probably not going to make a ton of money, but you know, at least I can have some fun with it and uh, and get the stories out there. Because once again, everything I did was pre-internet, so nothing, you know, nothing was online. Nothing was even digitized until I decided to do the book. I had to have someone physically take the articles from the newspapers or the magazines that they were published in and key them into a Word document so that I would have something to uh, work with. Well, I, I have to say that, uh, you know, it's not just, these aren't just good stories. They're extremely well written. Um, and and, I, and you're really, you're you're quite a good writer. We, we had Alan White from Yes On a few weeks ago. And we talked to him about playing with John Lennon. And the whole time we were talking to him, I think I was thinking about the part in your book where you discuss John Lennon and how much he meant to an entire generation. I, th that essay alone is worth the, the price of the book. It's, it's really beautiful. If you could summarize a little bit what, what, uh, what that meant to you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you know, Again, uh, I think that was probably uh, uh, Ken Voss's suggestion uh, at the Entertainer. I think they wanted a they wanted some sort of a signature piece or an you know a a, a reminiscence and you know not really an obituary uh, per se, but just something to mark the passing of of John Lennon when it happened. And he, you know, reached out to me to to write something. I, I really don't know why. I mean, I am a I am a big Beatles fan, and if I had to say at the time, I probably, you know, was a was a Paul person. But uh, over the years, I've come to uh, really appreciate uh, John and uh, his message of peace and all you need is love and his relationship with Yoko. Uh, Yoko's book, uh, speaking of the Arlington Heights Public Library, you know, Yoko's book, Grapefruit, was a book that I had, had taken out of that library. And you still and, have it. <laughs> no, I, I really, I, I, I think I learned my lesson by then. In 2039, I, you're going to give that back. <laughs> I, was, I was reluctant to give it back, and I wish I had a copy now, because it was a, it was a book that really changed my changed my view about you know art it hmm. with a capital a and uh and just the way to think about uh the creative endeavor 
And so, you know, to sit down and just kind of uh, write something you know, to send John off was truly a privilege. Yeah, that's great. I really, you know, you're in Thailand right now. We mentioned it. In fact, are you in a bar now? I hear, what, what's the background noise there? What's going uh, the, on? Actually, I'm in my, I'm, I'm in my, in my uh, hotel suite uh, with uh, all the shades down and, and the windows closed, and there is a very, very noisy bar restaurant that just opened up uh, about three weeks ago across the street from my hotel. And uh, these people some nights tend to party very loud and until about two o'clock in the morning when they are forced to close. <laughs> so uh, if you hear anything, it's it's uh, either people screaming because they made a good pool shot or just <laughs> Just Thai ladies screaming because they like to scream. Well, sp- speaking, <laughs> we've heard some very crazy stories about life over there. Is it? I mean, you know, are, are we ever going to see you again? Are you ever leaving Thailand? What's going on? Well, I don't know. You know, it, it, it never again and forever. Those are concepts that I sort of have left behind because yeah, it, it, people here tend to live in live in the moment. It's a it's a ninety eight percent Buddhist uh, country, and so. Uh, you know the the notion of of planning something you know a month from now is is kind of unheard of uh you know tomorrow is going to be tomorrow and that's really what people focus on so i just sort of am enjoying you know after after 30 40 years of uh of uh american work life let's just call it that which you know can can run the gamut from uh dreadfully boring to you know fun and and challenging and uh and productive uh i was ready for a a different time in my life where i could just sort of turn off the the thinko machine a a little bit and uh and live in the moment a little bit more and just kind of wake up each day and, and make a day and see what happens it's uh it's it's a big adventure and i'm 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 enjoying uh enjoying a lot of it well you know, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule there to join us. We, and, and, yeah. Rick, I just said, I just said, I have no schedule. I try to do nothing as much as possible. Well, I, you're, you're basically describing my life, uh, <laughs> except but, I'm sitting but in the, my house. Um, but but the, I, days, the, the days fill up, you know, they, there's, there's always something to do. You know, I, I play a lot of music and uh, there's one English speaking radio station here that I that I get to do some work for. I get to write oh, commercials cool. and, and yeah, do wow. some voiceover work. And and so, you know, there's uh, there's always, a, you know, if you're uh, if if you're someone with some skills, you there's always a place for you to to apply those skills, I think. Well, th- uh, thanks for coming on the show, and and more importantly, thanks for uh, bringing your book to us because we well, are very, thank you. very proud to have published it. And I- well, I'm very ha- I'm very happy to uh, have you guys out there uh, hustling it and fulfilling uh, you know whatever orders there are. And now the ebook is available on Amazon, which is exciting. And uh, I've even I've even printed a, f- a few copies up here to uh, to give away to people as sort of a uh, a very expensive business card. Yeah. If anybody wants to find it here in this country, EckhartsPress.com, and and as Bill's mentioned, the ebook. On Amazon. on Amazon, and so thanks again, Bill, and and have have fun. Go out, yeah, play jo- some pool. Yeah, join that party <laughs> across the street, life. buddy. Yeah, yeah, you're working too hard, man. 
Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Thanks, man. He, we're never going to see him again. What's that Rush song? I'm on the road to Bangkok. Is there a, a Rush song? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, great guy. Great writer. Yeah. Again, we'll never see him again. He'll be in Thailand <laughs> for the rest of his life. At you know, that bar across the street. I think the... Uh, when he mentioned the Barbie twins, I, it's like been going through my mind as we were finishing that interview because there were other twins that he brought mm. from Playboy too, and th- and they were from. But I realized they weren't twins; they were triplets. Uh, since I have identical twin daughters, this yeah. is not funny anymore. I don't. <laughs> this is not a, an appropriate line of. Uh, don't really want to talk about this anymore. I have a picture of myself with uh, uh, the, with these twins, no. and I have the biggest shitty <laughs> grin on my face. I was like twenty eight years old. Right. We should get them on. I mean, on the air, on the, yeah. on the show, on the yeah, show. Yeah, we, we should definitely do that. So don't forget, next week. We got a, we've got a new show. A brand new show. Crazy. Uh, what's it called again, Dave? Um, you got to say it men, exactly right. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. That's correct. Yeah. It's a brand new Opie show. That's, and it's, it's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Yeah. You won't want to miss it. And it's produced by the same guy. Tony Lasano with opishows.com. He's the executive producer of this show. Opie is hippo backwards. O P P I H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again in two weeks. Have a good Thanksgiving, Rick. With another episode of Minutia Men. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. This past weekend was my... 28th anniversary and Bridget and I make a point of going somewhere every year for Mm -hmm. our anniversary uh, just because you know we love to travel and we love to eat and drink Mm -hmm. and and we love being away from the kids right and this weekend and you love being with each other Yes. Didn't I say that already? I thought that was the first thing. I, I thought that was the first thing I said. Oh, yeah, man. But that's fine. You're a busy guy. Busy guy. Um, yikes. Tony Lasano Podcast and Opi Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. Direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. From bandstand to gaga. Let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. I'm Mark Vernon from the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Join me on the Island of Radio Misfits holiday special coming this holiday season to opishows.com.